Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. Peter Pronger. Pete, thank you very much for joining me. Having me. I'm not entirely sure I've ended up on this, but thanks for inviting me. Neither am I. I don't actually know what <laughs> I, I must have got the wrong person. Uh, no, jokes, jokes aside, the reason I got you on was, um, you know, I think we, we connected uh, fairly recently uh, in terms of you coming on board as a home search client and uh, you with your uh, business partner, John, have obviously recently uh, set up Mortlock and Joyce. And I thought it was going to be refreshing to get you on from that, you know, coming from perhaps a corporate world in inverted commas and, and going out on your uh, on your own or in, in partnership with with John. And I think there'll be other people who are in a similar boat, whether they're setting up a new agency, uh, going into a new area, got a new office, or maybe thinking about it. I thought it'd be some great value um, you'll cool. be able to bring. So uh we were just saying offline you're like oh, i think i know some of the questions you're gonna ask, <laughs> I've, I've listened to some of the episodes so you've listened to the episodes what's a big takeaway from the episodes you've listened to thus far uh it definitely thanks for throwing that one in the <laughs> in, in the mix my favorite book <laughs> um i think it really is just taking action and if you can just take one take away from each of those episodes those sort of small minor details really do accumulate and the one i was listening to with uh, with chris that you've just done yeah i really like the give yourself permission to be boring and i'm well boring so um but just some things resonate with you and and yeah that was a big big take home for me but yeah just take accountability uh, take one thing from each each episode Nice. So one thing from each episode, be accountable um, and then give yourself permission to be boring. I think like the reason certain estate agents get to go do the lovely video tours and the nice social media stuff and all that is because they've stuck to a schedule and they've been boring to allow them to do that. Whereas there's perhaps ones that I definitely are guilty over the years where you just go here, there, here, there, here, there and everywhere. And then you're actually just being frantic, right? Yeah, I'm definitely culprit of trying to do again we're just saying uh, doing too much at once so I definitely need structure and I'm I'm definitely a creature of habit so it works well with me but I just need that uh, sort of specific timing block out time and something you say a lot is if it doesn't get thoroughized it doesn't get done which I think is a great saying and yeah something we work with or like on a daily basis yeah absolutely um so remind me Pete when did you launch Mortlock and Joyce when was that uh, about 10 months ago roughly cool can you remember the first listing that went live yeah yeah well, actually it was that was like a real like euphoric feeling I don't use that term lightly okay. it was yeah it was incredible so it got the ground running pretty quickly but yeah an amazing feeling actually and where where, where did that listing come from how did it come about uh, like a family friend and uh, like word of mouth on their street. So for the most part, I'd probably say half of our listings have come from someone was tipped off, basically, and uh, and then you just make contact with them. But yeah, that was our first one. So you had a bit of a sort of wry smile on your face when I said, uh, where did that first listing come from? There was perhaps, uh, uh, I don't know, a lot of agents say, say to me about recommendations and uh, family, friends, referrals, etc. Like, I don't think enough estate agents uh, leverage that pool um, of potential clients enough. Um, and it's the cheapest form of advertising. So to be able to get that first off is, is good going. 100%. Well, I used to work in uh, South East London. So 
and I'm from Kent originally. So you generally, and again, you're you're restricted in terms of areas that you can deal with. So I'd get the old person ask me for advice, but apart from that, everything was very area specific and sort of self-generated things. Uh, so I never really had that family recommendation beforehand. Uh, and yeah, it's something that's it's that surprised us the amount we've actually got off the back of that sort of thing. Yeah. And the question I'm going to ask you now, some people listening to might be like, oh, right, yeah, of course you're going to ask that question. But uh, I try not to be too home search um, based on this. But you being a new business, well, 10 months in now, what was it that attracted you to home search in the first place to help partner with your business and hopefully generate you more listings? We did have a brief stint with it when I was um, like in the corporate world, but it was... Uh, I think before you guys went into like a direct mail, so you could send them reports and I used to do it as like a confirmation email, basically, just to give them a bit more information. Um, <clears throat> we really wanted to sort of shake up our direct mail. Uh, the CRM we're using did it automatically, but being able to access the off-market stuff was probably the main reason we joined and then we got sort of more benefits than we realised uh, and it was, again, so a call we had, it was about bringing value to someone. And 90% of the time, whoever it is that you're going to go and visit, the, the biggest reservation they have is, can they find the next property? And I mean, even if you can't find it, you can proactively at least try and help, which is more than what most people are doing. And you can visibly show them how it works and it's easy. So although we used it for that tool, it was more just being able to show we can add some value somewhere else that other people weren't that we've had the most success with, I would say. Because you had, you, I think you said to me when you first got someone phoning you up saying, I've got your letter, Pete. Uh, you've got a buyer looking for X, Y, Z. And you, you said to me, Simon, I've... Ah, I didn't know, did know what to say, really. Because yeah. um, it, it sort of caught me off guard, really. Uh, and yeah, me and John even scheduled a call with you in the end just because we thought, is there is there someone we can almost replicate what they're doing and who do it better than us? So, um, and, and like you said, being authentic was definitely a, a good way of sort of answering those calls, but yeah, definitely caught a soft guard and it was quite different to the normal calls we were getting before. It's a bit different to kind of have evaluation. So it's a slightly different uh, conversation you're having with them at the time. Yeah, nice. Um, apart from home search, of course, <coughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Is there another piece of tech, be it prop tech, um google chrome extensions mobile phone app is there a piece of tech that you you and or john have been using the past 10 months that's been brilliant for you i don't think you can class it as tech and we're not reinventing the wheel here but whatsapp business is probably the best thing i've used that is free and for the most part i don't even send emails anymore for sellers buyers we've got group chats obviously solicitors you still got to communicate yeah uh, sort of how, how they want to but it's so much easier you send a voice note emojis um and i think just the probably the relationship you you get off the back end of it is different people are a bit more uh unguarded uh, a bit more sort of natural and people sort of talk to you as probably friends more than uh you know in, that they're employing you sort of thing so yeah that i'd say is my favorite thing and you know it's, it's not exactly groundbreaking but it's brilliant i so i was having this conversation uh with someone uh, earlier today uh and i said that i asked these questions on the podcast and a lot of the same answers come up over and over again which i find brilliant because it, it is a clear indication of success leaving clues if people are coming on this podcast and keep saying the same thing 
if our agents out there listening, we're not implementing what the guests are saying, they're massively missing a trick. And I, I look back now and I'm like, my God, I wish, I, I wish I'd use WhatsApp a lot more than what I did when I was an agent. And uh, one of the key pieces of learning I've definitely had over the past three, three years now, getting to know our um, COO and co-founder, Sam, is the way that you communicate with people. Um, and uh, email, it could be like, hi, Pete, hope all is well with you, kind regards, like, yeah. like, and I definitely <laughs> need to be like that in the corporate world, and it's just hideous. Uh, looking back at it now, yes, there might be a time place for it, but I love what you said, you know, WhatsApp, voice notes, emojis, it is more human. And Sam said yeah. to me from an early day, he was like, when you message people, it should be like how you message your mum. It's not, hey, mum, how's everything going? Like, it's don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not like that. It's like what's you know what's for dinner tonight. I'm going to be popping over later um, with the dogs, or you know whatever it be. Like that's the kind of conversation you can have. And I imagine again being in a WhatsApp group. How many times over the years would you have had it? And I definitely have had it where you ring up Mister, and then Mrs. rings up five minutes later. Going, what's the feedback from the viewing, Pete? And like for God's sake, I've just spoken to your other half. Yeah, a WhatsApp group, everyone's yeah. in it, makes it simpler. More continuity. And we've also found, because I think with an email, once you know, you've know you gone past a certain page, you're probably <laughs> not going to go and see that email again. Uh, so we've got a seller. They moved uh, last year. And we make a point of keeping in contact with people and generally in relationships now, I think that we're forming a different. Uh, but they're big Fulham fans. I'm not going to claim to know anything about football, but... Uh, your eyes rolled then. Um, Liverpool, Liverpool drew of them at the weekend, Pete. Uh, oh, right. Okay, right. That makes more sense. Just, the, just get, get on with it now. They're Fulham fans and what? But, oh. but John messaged them just going, oh, good result for you over the weekends. And I just don't think that would happen on an email. Like there's now, because there's still a group chat, they still, there's still films like that easy contact to have with one another. And it's more of a passing comment. Would you ever email someone or oh, good result for you over the weekend? It just wouldn't have happened. So, yeah. I think it's a different conversation that's had. And these people, you know, lived there for 30 years and, you know, they, they're more likely to, to recommend you off the back of it and stuff. So I just think it's a completely different conversation and relationship you form off the back of it of something as basic as WhatsApp. No, it's the, it's the simple things. Um, on what you just said as well, you've stayed in touch with someone. Again, that's a lot easier to over WhatsApp, isn't it? than sending an email an email probably seems a bit forced and like oh something's come up in their crm saying contact this person whereas a whatsapp's a bit more like oh they you know they were watching the football highlights and saw fulham and went oh just pop into whatsapp and go hey good result for you guys yeah exactly that it's it's completely different i think now cool right next question this this is quite a difficult one by the way um so prepare yourself (laughs) so you're so you're 10 months in yeah if you had your time to start again, is there anything you'd do differently? Loads. Loads. <laughs> okay. Is there one, is there one particular thing that you would point out? Yeah. So uh, I would. So we do video and appeared in uh, front of camera. Uh, what well, we do appear in front of camera now, I would have done that much sooner. Uh, the reason what probably spurred it on, we had a fairly quick start, which is great. Um but because of it, we're making excuses. Oh, we'll do it next time or we'll do it next time. And then we finally hit a stint where it was like four or five weeks of, but there weren't any forward book valuations. And, you know, there's only so many people we had in our CRM and there's only, I've only got so many friends, not many apparently. <laughs> um, and I, I just had this, this like sinking feeling. I was like, I, I shouldn't have cut corners at that stage. Like, 
every opportunity I had, I should have made the most of it. And it really like frustrated me. And then thereafter, uh, I was like, no, we're appearing on camera. We're not comfortable with it. We're not, you know, it's not something that comes naturally to us, but we want to be able to come across a bit more personable and this is how we're going to do it. And thereafter, it's been every, every video since. So if I could do one thing, I would have done that from the beginning. It was only a couple months lost, but that's probably the thing that irritated me the most. So probably one of the bigger mistakes we made. But again, at least you're self-aware and accountable and you've already kind of actioned that. So, you know, it's a learning rather than a failure. And um, on what you'd said there about video, like everyone I've interviewed when when I ask certain questions like video, social media, um, and I'm like, everyone keeps saying the, the, these things. Again, it's that success leaving clues there. Massively. The, uh, Chris Watkin, I don't know how I come across him originally, but via LinkedIn, and it was sort of the content building, just putting out, stop trying to sell to people, start putting out advice. Um, and again, every day since the last 10, whatever months it is now, we've put something out, whether it be stories or posts, and it's never, uh, it's never trying to sell someone something. But after a 10 months, people just trust you because, yeah. you know, you're... Uh, your message has remained consistent throughout that entire period. So it really, those two things, video and, yeah. and content marketing, the real game changers. Again, everyone says the same thing, but I think it's underestimated how yeah. much impact it can have on a business. Well, on, on a couple of bits you said there, again, consistency builds trust. Um, like p- people are, uh, I've had it, you know, in recent months, I've been doing my post Monday to Friday on LinkedIn in the Home Search Facebook community group. And it, I think I was like on my deathbed the other the other week, and it was really really late in the day at night. But I put a post out, and I'd had a couple of people message me going, "Are you alright? You haven't done your post today." <laughs> so that consistency, well, you know, I I was gobsmacked that people had, had said that. And on the Chris Watkin front, you said, "I don't know how I came across him, but that's that is a prime example of content marketing, you know, at its best. Like you're not aware how you came across him, but he's got you there." And Chris practices what he preaches. He adds a lot of um, value uh, to the industry and 99% of the time he's not, not trying to sell anything um, and the amount he gets back from that. And I think a real good example of that that I've seen from you guys, if I can share, is you do like your property of the week, don't you? Yeah. Can you elaborate a, a bit on that for, for the listeners who perhaps aren't aware of this kind of thing or have seen this? Yes. So essentially every Sunday uh, we'll do a post which actually features most of the time uh, it's other agents property so we'll use their photo we'll credit them put their details on it and just basically pick out something that we really like about that property uh, almost promoting it for them uh, i suppose the mentality was one you know we really like the property it's potentially areas that we would like to work within uh, and if i was a seller and i saw maybe another agent promoting that i would think you know they're not gaining anything out of that um and again, just trying to sort of attract uh, more rivals, really. Have you had any, look, there's, there's going to be a massive invisible audience, but is there anything you've had already from potential sellers contacting you saying, hey, you've, you've you know, put my property on your Facebook page? Or have you had a state agent say, who the hell are you? What on earth are you doing? Has there been good and bad? Honestly, no to both, I would say. So I've not had any agents have a go at me for that anyway, probably something else, um, but not that. And then... Sellers, no, but like you said, invisible audience. One thing we found is, so even if someone doesn't engage with the content, 
I'm finding that those are the people, the people that aren't engaging with it, are the ones getting in contact with us or I've seen your posts or it looks like things are going uh, pretty well. And I've not spoken to these people for years or I've not even realised that it's even reaching them. Uh, so although it might not have done something now, we'll still be persistent with it. And over time, I think it will do because that's yeah. sort of been the, the pattern so far for everything else. Two, two examples of what you just said there. I had someone message me on LinkedIn the other day um and they have booked a, a demo on on home search and they have never ever liked or commented shared or given any interaction to any of my linkedin posts for two years yet a message drops into my linkedin dms and it's literally like can we meet up and talk about home search yeah well when um, i knew about home search obviously before but the i think what originally triggered our calls and again it wouldn't have been instant uh, was you were doing the Zoop Club, um, the 18 listing, 18 ways to get listings with Chris Watkin. And yeah. I definitely would have thought, I'm going to know these because I've done it for a while. And there were so many of them. I was like, I've, I've literally didn't even know that was possible. So there was some value that I took away. And then a few months later, you probably got a message from us asking to, you know, set up a demo. So it's, it's, that's a prime example of, of that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, for anyone listening who hasn't seen that, that's an 18-part, I think, uh, video series, how to use the internet for free to generate more listings that myself and Chris Watkin did. Annoyingly, a couple of those are slightly out of, doubt, out of date now because uh, certain websites seem to like to make life difficult for estate agents to find more listings for free, but I'm always trying to find ways to uh, to find uh, new listings. But on the, um, on the content side, again, I actually uh, booked a golf lesson with someone I went to sixth form with. Um, so we're talking, this is back in 2007, right? And I think he left um, after one year of sixth form, can't quite remember. He was in the same form as me. Don't think I ever spoke to him. Um, weren't in the same friendship circle. Uh, I think he left sixth form to go be a golf pro. Anyway, fast forward a dozen years, whatever. Oh, 15 years actually now, blimey. Uh, and I observed so much of his content on Instagram during like lockdown and then I think when golf courses opened up and stuff I was like I need to get back into my golf and I literally had never liked or commented or messaged him but through his Instagram I ended up buying a golf lesson and I turned up at golf course he went I thought it was you who booked I was like yeah hello mate how are you doing and he said he was like you've never ever interacted with any of my posts I said no but I've been watching it for the best part of two years that's what a lot of people do uh, not everyone uh, one thing we found on social media is I've never been one to publicize like your life story or anything like that so that's why I found it quite uncomfortable when we originally started because now you're talking about you and it's quite uncomfortable um, but I think if that's how you are uh, and that's how you use social media you're probably one of those people that just sort of like secretly stalks them all basically which is what you've done done there so <laughs> it, it works yeah um, right, next question, Pete. Um, I, I'm, I'm right in saying, aren't I, that you're a mentee with agents together, right? Yeah, uh, so coached by uh, Lee O'Brien from David Lee over in Hertfordshire. And you might not want to answer this question, so say no comment if you don't want to, but what would you say is the best piece of advice he's given you in the free mentorship that you've had? It's probably going to uh, fall back into video, really. Um, okay. It's quite hard to take one take home because when they paired us, 
there's quite a lot of similarities in terms of he started with a business partner he used to work with and then they've gone into a slightly different area which is exactly what John and I have both done um so it it's definitely difficult to pick one I felt he held me accountable probably unintentionally as well with the video so I remember once I had a call we were talking about how things were going and uh, and I knew I had a call with him scheduled the next day and I knew it was going to bring up, did I appear on the video? So I just did it. I was like, because I know he's going to ask me and I'm really grateful uh, that, you know, again, I think by Chris Watkin, I stumbled upon that because it's been one of the best things for us and it's genuinely helped quite a lot of big decisions we've made sort of moving forward. But it's definitely the accountability side of it. Uh, I'd say with Lee, he's been brilliant. And that's a key word there, accountability, that, that's been brought up a couple of uh, times on, on this episode now. And it takes me back to several weeks ago when I decided I wanted to do this podcast and I created it in the space of a couple of minutes in my back garden. I've told people this story before, but I then WhatsApped a few people and it made me accountable to people who kind of my peers who I really appreciate and respected their opinions. And they were like, oh, I'm buzzing, mate, go for it. I was like, Oh, cool. That, that's kind of the reaction I was looking for. I wasn't expecting it. Uh, but I was like, I need to go do this now. So that accountability has meant I've had the motivation to then go out and, you know, book guests, record these episodes. So, yeah, I think accountability is a, a huge thing, particularly publicly, because you don't want to yeah. go back on your word. Yeah, 100%. I think accountability as well, you can use it in like a few different ways so knowing someone's watching or if you said you're going to do something then you need to follow up with it one thing I've always and again I've listened to the podcast and one of the questions I thought you might have asked was um what's one of the best bits of advice given to you and it is just take accountability and I think because even if you've got let's say you come across a buyer or a seller or someone and they're disgruntled and they're probably going to be disgruntled whether you spoke to them or not but if you come away from that phone call, could you have acted differently or could there have been a different outcome? So I think you can really apply the accountability to whether it be your daily prospecting, anything, uh, even if it's, you know, living at home with your girlfriend and, you know, did, did you need to, could you put the dishes away or something? <laughs> if you hold yourself accountable and then you sort of look at it and you're still going to make mistakes. But I think it's a really, really important lesson because you can you can make improvements constantly off the back of it. So yeah, big thing, a real big thing. Right, three quick fire questions for you. You're not gonna have much time to think on these ones. Right, question number one, best book. What's a book that's, that's a go-to that other agents should read? I'm, I'm really, I can read, but I'm not a big reader. So I'm, I'm making a conscious effort to read. So I'm currently reading Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I find podcasts, much easier uh, okay. I just I, I like being able to do something else at the same time whether I'm walking a dog or something and so what's so what so, so that's my next question and was a podcast and then also when you're listening to a podcast then what is it you're doing because for me podcast is I might be out in the garden I might be walking the dogs I might just be walking to the shop I might be in some lunch like what 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 podcast you listening to and, and what is it you're doing so generally it's walking the dog uh, and he's not well behaved enough to uh, be doing it whilst reading a book. So at least with a podcast, I'll I listen to it and I'll rewind it, see if I didn't really quite sort of take it in. And I don't think just subconsciously having those sort of things being said uh, might just change your language on how you're dealing with situations later that day. 
So the first first podcast I started with was the high performance, and that's what really got me into it. I'd say in terms of uh, ones I've binged the most would be um, Sam and Mark's The World Class Agency, just because it was relative to what I was doing. So I walk the dog first thing in the morning, and for an hour, I'll listen to, to that podcast, and I'll re-listen to them, and I've had so many learnings from that. So that's probably the one I've been enjoying most recently, apart from yours, obviously. Um, but yeah, I've, I've listened to so many of those podcasts in such a short time, time frame. I started to refer to it as my database as well. Just <laughs> oh, God. Sam, Sam will love that. Um, I think when I was on a webinar with him, I referred to something as an auction, not an auction. And he really liked that. So, um, yeah, it's funny as well. There's certain things I hear myself saying. I'm like, oh, I've spent too much time with Sam because there's an Aussie, an Aussie twang coming out in it. Um, but Jimmy. you got me back. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. So books, you said not massive on books, but you're reading, um, seven habits of highly effective people, podcast, world-class agency, uh, high performance. Um, I will start having to charge, um, use <laughs> Jake Humphrey, Sam Hunter and Mark Warren for his free advertising. Uh, high <laughs> performance. I, I've got the, those quotes on, on my uh, wall behind yeah. me. They're all from high performance. Uh, I've got the book. Um, and, and I think, you know, they interview so many different people um like uh it's just ridiculous who they get on musicians um you know sports people business people all different walks of life and they all have something different to say and it's just like i think it's nice to go outside of our industry so yeah. I, don't, I, I think we might have had this discussion before pete but i think when you left the corporate world and came into into your own business and stuff and i i was the same a few years ago where i was like oh my god there's all there's all this like collaboration uh, within this industry but you kind of don't realize and it perhaps in the corporate world and there's actually so many other things outside of the industry that you can go and get ideas and inspiration from so have you have you found that quite a bit in the past sort of year yeah massively uh, I was quite late to LinkedIn really and I'm I still find it quite hard to use it uh, anyway but I found it it just leads you or connects you to sort of various other people that adds like insane amounts of value people that you don't even know um, but there's so many sort of take-homes from it. So, yeah, for the last year, for sure, and obviously it's just me and my business partner, so there's only so many people now you sort of speak to on a daily basis. So it's quite important to surround yourself with, you know, these um, certain people, really, but and massively. You've, you've mentioned a few already, and one of my next questions was going to be, who is one person people should be looking at in the industry across LinkedIn and Facebook? Who's someone you'd recommend people should be looking at? It's tough to pick one. I'd say if you're doing videos and tours, I'd say the best at it is probably Ben Moore from EXP. Uh, it just just naturally comes across brilliantly on those things. Um, I, really, I think it really depends on what you're trying to get. Um, but a few people that, again, I don't know, but I, I take a lot of value from. Uh, Ian Macbeth at Avocado, I think it's brilliant. I really like sort of the message that they come across. And Ben Madden at Fine and Country, Again, I don't know him, but I think he does. I love his videos. I feel like I don't, I don't know Chiswick at all, but I feel like I know the market updates just because of the content he puts out. And yeah, I just think they all come across incredibly uh, online. Um, so um, you will be pleased to hear that both Ian Macbeth and Ben Madden uh, have been guests. So you will listen to a podcast with them. Um, and uh, Ben Moore, if you're listening, reply to my message. <laughs> um, right. OK, we're getting to the end of the podcast now. Um, so 
quick question I want to ask you, which I had no intention of asking, but you've mentioned sort of business partner John uh, a couple of times in this. And you mentioned you worked in a business before in a different area and you've set mm. up where you have now. What, why have you set up exactly where you have? What was the thought process behind that? So uh, we, we set up closer to home, basically. So um, John used to be my boss originally. So I was working in South East London and John was in East London. And we just wanted to have one ability to be closer to home, a bit more flexibility. And we really just felt like we could add quite a lot of value in terms of what the agents locally were doing or what they weren't doing. And we are going to sort of try and capitalise on that. So sort of a combination of things, but closer to home and to do things differently. So closer to home, but you then said like you, you felt there was a gap in the market where you could do something that others were not doing and that could kind of be where, where you come in. And that's that's yeah. kind of why I wanted to ask that question because I have seen so many times over the years in lovely Newport Pagnell where I am on the high street, <laughs> estate agents come and go, but also there's been curry houses, there's been coffee shops, uh, all sorts of different things and it, it, nothing seems to be different they come in they don't do anything different they fall flat on their backside nothing changes um so it's interesting that you said you felt there was a gap there where you could be different and again getting yourselves on video doing your weekly share on a sunday of you know this is a property of a week probably not many of us if any at all doing that in your marketplace i'd imagine no there's a lot of um, quite big companies nearby so and you know if you've worked for one uh, producing content and stuff you're still kind of nervous about maybe sort of casting your opinion or if yeah. you find something uh, perhaps funny you, you have to maybe read it in a little bit and I think where it's ours and it takes a while to and we're still sort of building that confidence up but to sort of portray your personality your sense of humor uh, it's not easy because you're you know, you're worried about people judging you and things like that. But I think that's the big difference now. I think agency is heading that, that in that direction where people want to deal with the human, not a big yeah. banner where it's a bit faceless. Yeah. And we found people really warm to the idea of just that this is who we are. They almost recognize us before we go in into the property. And it's just a completely different reception to what we've had in the past. Nice. I have no idea if I've asked this question before, right? Um, and uh, this is probably one of the first questions I should have asked when we originally spoke to each other on a Zoom. Why Mortlock and Choice? So it's uh, well, <laughs> so it's our grandparents' names. So Mortlock is one it. of my family names, but with a surname like Pronger and Strubwick, like I can't even say it. So we don't expect <laughs> like the general public to. <laughs> Uh, no it's nice it's, it, it stands out I think um, and again I imagine there's probably people who have asked the same question who are potential buyers or sellers have, have they? Yeah. Uh, mostly sellers uh, yeah because yeah, it sounds a bit different and we wanted something that was a name as a part as opposed to something generic not yeah. that there's anything wrong with it but that's what we wanted and yeah we just we like the names are important to us and people can actually pronounce them so nice right okay um got a couple more questions to come this one right. here um can you think of the last property you've just launched to market or it can be one you've agreed to sell on one you've exchanged on um where did that listing come from uh yeah so the last one we just launched went on the market uh, yesterday uh i actually met her in like year eight i think uh and I've, we've literally not spoken since so again 
content marketing, she's not engaged with any of it, and then messaged me maybe a week and a half ago saying, oh, it looks like things are going going well. Um, would you mind coming around? So yeah, again, Facebook. Wow. Yeah, so most of them, honestly. Uh, we've got uh, so we've got another one going live later on today, which was uh, John lives in like a little village where everyone knows everyone and uh, it, someone got talking and they've passed like a referral over and it's like a 1.6 million pounds uh, listing. I say half of it's come from social media. Very rarely has it come from portals uh, and then the rest of it's just sort of word of mouth, really. It sounds like you, you, you're, you're doing well in terms of like marketing combination as well. It's not just going down one avenue. Um, it's going, well, actually, we know that referrals are working well. Let's leverage that. Social media is doing well. Let, what, let's leverage that. Because something I see a lot of agents do is that they're, they're quite good at, at starting something, but getting them to continue it and amplify and, and double down that is something that, that they don't do well. Yeah, we we probably tried to do too much. We were doing it and we are being consistent, but I'd probably say we were trying to do too many different things. And so something we're making a conscious effort. So even our direct mail, again, we had a call, what a week, two weeks ago. So our direct mail, we've shifted to sort of a more concentrated area. Our content, again, will stay sort of regular, but I think we would rather double down on what we know what was working rather than casting our net too quickly. And again, that's one of the mistakes we've made during during the process but that's certainly something we've learned from awesome right last question don't please don't let me down here please because <laughs> i like if you let me down i'll have to ask another question um right as i said earlier big fan of high performance podcast as are you i've got the quotes on the wall is there a particular quote that really resonates with you and it's like your mantra I've probably not got a particular quote from the High Performance Podcast, but there is a particular episode that I think uh, I, I think of like, often. And again, it, I'm not even into rugby or anything, but Johnny Wilkinson's <laughs> podcast, and again, it's not business related or anything like that, but the whole podcast is about being present or in the moment. And he talks about like washing the dishes and, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. the most important task he's going to do. And naturally i overthink everything and you know if, when you're working a lot you just become very very focused on that and you know it's probably you know it's not healthy and it's probably not great for the people around you and i'm not saying i've perfected this or anything but sometimes now when i'm doing something even if i'm walking the dog or you know you're just out with your friends it just pops up into my head of just trying to be present in that moment like you know enjoy it don't sort of think past it and that's probably the thing that sits with me most and yeah not a person who I thought would have come out with that sort of advice actually I think that I think that's a great example of why that podcast is so powerful you listen to people you wouldn't tend to listen to and mm-hmm. then you hear something come out of their, their mouth that's got nothing to do with rugby um and you're like wow it kind of you know really blows you away I think one of the things he said and I am a big um, rugby fan. I actually remember watching the 2003 World, Rugby World Cup final. Sam Hunter, if you're listening, um, we beat you in your own backyard. Um, <laughs> 20 points to 17. I was watching it in a pub on, on a, what was it, Saturday, Sunday morning. Um, and he scored the drop goal. And he said, I think on the podcast, he celebrated in his head for like five, 10 seconds. Yeah. And, then, and then he was like, but what if someone else goes and wins the World Cup? 
like then I, it, then it's not as successful. And I think we have it in a state agency as well. I don't know about you, Pete, but every single year I ran a branch. I, it, thankfully, I was profitable every single year. But when it got to January 1st, it's like it's a clean sheet now. Forget last year. It doesn't matter whether you made X amount or not. And I was just like, I'm a fraud. Like maybe that was a bit of a fluke. Am I going to repeat that again? Um, so I, the point I'm trying to get back to was like, you go listen to Johnny Wilkinson. It's really, really intense. Some of the stuff he says is like really, really intense. <laughs> I think it, it's a good, it's a good um, listen and learning exercise for we are too hard on ourselves. I, yeah. I love what John McGuire in Australia says: you've got to care, but not care too much. Yeah, and um, celebrate your wins. Like, don't don't be so hard on yourself. But yeah, he um, he's very intense. But he, he sounds like it was like a horrendous time almost for him and you'd think on paper this person was like living their dream but instead he was just putting himself under this immense pressure and I don't know if you sort of picked up on it but I felt like he almost regrets his mindset throughout that duration albeit that's probably the reason why he was as good as he was. Yes yeah, bizarre one isn't it where there is perhaps that regret there of, of how he was yet without that he wouldn't have but, but, but then again he says that a lot of injuries he was so injury prone but it was because he just put himself under so much stress and actually, again, not switching off. I think, again, with, um, you know, uh, you being a mentee of agency, ever more agency ever is, uh, has been doing over the past, what is it, I don't know, 18 months now, whatever, it is trying to help um, people's mindset uh, in, in this industry because we, the public, really don't appreciate how bloody tough this industry is. You just open doors, don't you? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I open the gates more listings now. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it is it is really tough. Like, you know, you, you, I think that you perhaps, again, corporate world, you, you might have, and this isn't me trying to trying to knock the, the corporate world, but perhaps there's a, there's a chain that's fallen through and you've got someone more senior moaning that 30K has just dropped out the pipeline, yet you're more concerned about, well, actually, yeah, I, that has come out the pipeline, but... First of all, well, actually, I was banking on that commission coming in to, you know, save a bit of money to go towards a deposit to buy a house. Or even more importantly, perhaps, is the client who you're ringing, who maybe is about to get repossessed or they're on the verge of divorce and they need that sale to happen. You're the one who has to pick up the phone and say to them, I'm awfully sorry, but your sales just fallen through at the last hour. It's not nice news to deliver. No, I don't think it's a job that quite, it's not, don't need to be a rocket scientist, but I think you need to be able to show like empathy and be quite emotionally intelligent, I think, because it's not, it's a stressful job and you've got to sort of navigate that, I think, a lot of the time. I think uh, two points you just made there are a great way to end this podcast, Pete. You said you've got to be empathetic and you've got to show emotional intelligence. I think those are two incredibly important traits uh, that any estate agent should have. So on that note, I want to say thank you very much for being an amazing guest and adding so much value to the listeners. So thanks for being being on, Pete. Thanks, mate. Thanks for your time.